Welcome back to our continuing studies in 2 Timothy. I remind you these videos are brought to you by the Laurel Heights Church of Christ, McAllen, Texas. You can visit our website, lhmacallen.org, and that website name will come up again at the very end of this video. 2 Timothy chapter 2, beginning with verse 14. We are reading what came from the mind of God through the Apostle Paul to Timothy and for our learning today. Paul is nearing the end of his life, but he's anxious. He's anxious to write these final words to the young evangelist Timothy, to whom he is passing the torch. Paul is especially concerned about various false teaching and threats against the Christians in Ephesus. I'm going to read now 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 14 through 21. Remind them of these things and charge them before God, not to quarrel about words, which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. But avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness, and their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have swerved from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already happened. They are upsetting the faith of some, but God's firm foundation stands, bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. I'm at verse 20. Now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. Let's go back and look at this passage beginning at verse 14. A good part of a preacher's work among Christians is identified in verse 14. Remind them of these things. If you have the New International Version, keep reminding them of these things. When a preacher is speaking to people who are not Christians, it may often be the case he is delivering a message they have not heard or have not understood, certainly have not responded to. But when a preacher is working among Christians, as Timothy was, a good part of his work will be to remind the brethren of things they've heard before. These things being the matters under consideration in the context. 
Jesus Christ risen from the dead, the trustworthy sayings in verses 11 through 13. Really, everything Paul wrote to Timothy needed to be repeated in Timothy's preaching among the people, the members of the church in Ephesus. It is a big part of a preacher's work among Christians. Remind them of these things, and along with that, charge them before God. Not to quarrel about words, which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. Now, let's talk about that a minute. Some controversy cannot be avoided. If the person and work of Christ is denied, if the plain commands of God are ignored, if sin is pursued and celebrated, if people are misled and the promises of the gospel denied, we know there are times when controversy cannot be avoided. In fact, Paul told Timothy to be a good soldier and fight the good fight of the faith. You remember that. But there is a lot of fussing and fighting and back and forth that has no necessity, no spiritual profit. It often becomes an immature battle for attention. It is a contest to see who can argue loudest and longest and who can have more followers to their position. Paul says it only ruins the hearers. Now, how can we know that a controversy falls into this useless category? First, by paying attention to what Scripture says. Do the Scriptures assign importance to the matter at hand? Is it, for example, a condition of fellowship with God? Our knowledge of Scripture enables us to see and know what is important, what is necessary, in contrast to neutral matters, individual opinion, or curiosity. Second, these useless controversies usually show their true colors through the behavior of those who are advancing the arguments. Where there is strife, envy, jealousy, selfish ambition, rivalry, carnal competition, immature militants, those attitudes and tactics can reveal to us something of the substance or necessity of the battle. So we take into account what Scripture says and we watch carefully how people engage in their exchanges. So when there is controversy, consider what the subject matter is. Use Scripture to discern the relevance of the matter, and then consider the conduct of those who are engaged in that discussion. Through scriptural discernment, we will be able to spot miles away from the scene sometimes that folks are fussing, but only to the ruin of the hearers. In applying this, there is little doubt Timothy would have to tell people to stop it, to shut up, charge them before God, not to do this. Verse 15, do your best to present yourself to God as one 
approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Here's what God expected of Paul, of Timothy, and of all his people, every citizen of the kingdom, including every one of us. Do your best. It doesn't say be like someone else. It doesn't say be better than brother so-and-so. It doesn't say meet the minimum requirements. The idea is doing what God has given us to do with diligence, haste, urgency, with excellence. Do your best. Parents who have good sense about them give this admonition to their children all the time. You don't demand that your children outdo all the other kids. You don't dress your children so that all the other kids in the class will look like a mud fence. You send your children to school or into the ball game and tell them, do your best. It is what we should tell people who are baptized. People come out of the waters of baptism. One thing we tell them is do your best. We shouldn't push people to do what they are not yet capable of doing. But these are God's words to Timothy through Paul and for us. Do your best. Now, if you're not doing your best, you need to be charged before God to get busy and do better and step up to your opportunities with your abilities. But it is never about anything other than doing your best before God to serve him, to honor Christ. The goal to present yourself to God is one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed. In doing my best, I avoid shame, and I am working hard to present myself to God as his servant in Christ to his glory. Here's a very important phrase. Rightly handling the word of truth. This is about one's proper use of the word of God. Not just in one way or two ways, but in all our handling, all our use of the word of God. This phrase from the Greek language means literally to cut straight. In cutting fabric for a garment, the seamstress must be careful to cut straight. In cutting wood for a carpentry project, cut straight. In plowing a field, you get the best use of the land when you cut straight. It is about careful handling of the Word of God. This involves everything that is part of a proper reading and use of God's Word. That means pay attention to context. Avoid the spectacle of artificial contradictions. Observing structure, grammar, word usage, all of that is part of what this is, rightly handling the Word of Truth. Verse 16 may help us understand something Paul said earlier. But avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. Timothy is to be certain of two things. One, that he does not speak irreverent babble. And two, 
that he does not get pulled into it because irreverent babble leads people into more and more ungodliness. Look at that word irreverent. That means no respect for God. What may help us in the study of this is to look at Titus 3 and verse 9, where it says, Avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. If God is not being respected in our conversation or teaching or preaching, it should be stopped and repentance embraced. What we say and how we say it has the potential of leading people toward God or away from God. So do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Have you ever known anyone suffering with gangrene? I looked it up to be certain. Doesn't have a good sound to it at all. A serious and potentially life-threatening condition that arises when a considerable mass of body tissue dies this may occur after an injury or infection or in people suffering from a chronic health problem affecting blood circulation. The primary cause of gangrene is reduced blood supply to the affected tissues, which results in cell death. Diabetes and long-term smoking increase the risk of suffering from gangrene. Doesn't sound good at all. Now look at verse 17. Their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, adding now verse 18, who have swerved from the truth, saying the resurrection has already happened. They are upsetting the faith of some. A key word here is spread. <coughs> what we do not attend to can come back and have tragic results later. If gangrene is not caught and reversed early, what is the ultimate remedy to save that part of the body? Amputation. Don't let it spread. Catch it early. I actually know some people who say the resurrection has already happened. A man sent me a long letter one time after reading something I wrote. I had made reference to the second coming of Christ and the resurrection of the dead. And he said, you're wrong. That's already happened. He explained his belief that Jesus came in 70 AD in judgment against Jerusalem. And he explained that the only resurrection for us is our resurrection from sin when we are baptized, and that's already happened. It has never come up here where I'm working in McAllen, and it is not widespread or common, but there is a set of beliefs sometimes called realized eschatology. It may have its roots in ancient Gnosticism. There was something similar to that in Thessalonica. Well, 
Hymenaeus and Philetus were trailblazers for this false doctrine, and it wasn't a matter of neutrality. They were leading people away from the truth with a form of this 70 AD idea. So serious, Paul named these false teachers. You know what they're doing? These men were not handling aright the word of truth. They were participants in irreverent Bible, and they were leading people into ungodliness. So be on the alert if you hear someone say something like this today. The resurrection has already passed. It may be something similar to what Hymenaeus and Alexander were saying, or it may actually be that 70 AD doctrine that some have embraced. I really want to get us to verse 19, then I'll stop. But God's firm foundation stands bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who were his, and let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. I need to say to us, no matter how much apostasy we see, no matter how many men spread error like Hymenaeus and Philetus, Remember what we studied earlier back in verse 13. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. No matter what manner of faithlessness we see among men, we'll never see it in God. God's firm foundation stands. I want us to remember this. When people offer that common excuse for being out of duty, well, the people down there disappointed me, so I quit. We are servants of God. People may take a wrong term. Some of God's people may fall into sin and disappoint you. We have imperfections, but God has no imperfection. God's firm foundation stands, and God knows those who are his with absolute certainty. I have a few wrap-ups for us to consider as we conclude. Preachers need to be willing to be reminders. Christians and audiences need to be willing to be reminded. When controversy begins, the nature of it should be very quickly determined. Every one of us can take this one thing from the passage. Do your best. In our lives and in our local groups, let's be active and responsive before gangrene sets in. Calling upon the name of the Lord to save you requires that you depart from iniquity. I'm going to continue from verse 20 in the next video class. Thank you for listening.